welcome to The Broken Arrow, a traditional bow hunting podcast with your hosts, Schaefer Magnet and Chris Seacole. Brought to you by Addictive Archery, Safari Tough, and Great Northern Quivers. How are you guys? Uh, getting a nice uh, minwax polyurethane high at the moment. So <laughs> I heard you say that last week. So. Oh, this week we've stepped it up. This is this is oil based this time. Oh yeah, you're getting it. Yeah, we're going full high today. You're looking a little sweaty there. Is you all right? D- <laughs> Dude, it's it hot. Is dis- it is disgusting here. The, the East Coast is hot. here on Sunday. So, Yikes. but it's a dry heat. It is a dry heat. Whatever that means. Yeah. You I, know what it does it makes a difference. My yeah. my cousins that live in New Mexico will uh come up here and they say it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. It's uh today, I mean I, I work in a mechanic shop yeah. and I'm surprised I didn't have sweat dripping out of my pant leg, being perfectly honest. It was yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Today was gross. I go to Michigan, that's where my uh my corporate job, you know, we're based out of out of uh, Grand Rapids, and I'll go back there. It'll be like eighty five, and I'm just dying. <laughs> you know, and they're like, but it gets hot where you're at. And I'm like, it's different. So, yeah. where are, are you, northern or southern? I'm right. I'm right in the middle of California, so Central California. Um, right out my door here. I mean, I can be in the mountains in fifteen minutes. Nice, oh, awesome. And I can be at nine thousand feet in about an hour. Nice. Is that a so-called good spot of California? It's, I mean, it it's sounds like several, it. You know, it's like everybody says they hate California, but they don't. They hate the Bay Area. They hate L.A., you know, and then like the re- the 90% of California, like the area of 90% of the area of California is awesome. The 10% of the area that is not is where 90% of the people are. Right. We get that in Pennsylvania. Like everybody's in Philadelphia and they're the ones that vote them, you know, then they kind of run the deal and it sucks because the rest of us out here don't want to deal with it. But as I say, unfortunately, I live about five minutes from the 10% in Vermont. Yeah. You're right outside of Burlington. I am right outside of Burlington. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Mark, I guess we should have you introduce yourself real quick. Absolutely. I guess we can do that. Um, Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I guess I guess we've started, Mark. So it, it's it's <laughs> safe. We're safe. We're professionals, true professionals. Yes. All right. Well, here I'll I'll uh, I'll take a drink and we'll get going. Not gonna hit anybody with that, are you? All right. Nope. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So, uh, <laughs> Mark Sasser, um, partner in Buonabo Company, been uh, bow hunting since nineteen ninety. I've been, let me say, I've been walking in the woods with a bow since 1990. Didn't kill much for a long time. Um, live here right in Central California at the base of the Sierra Nevadas. Uh, married, three kids, um, have a corporate job, and then, you know, work with Jerome over at Buona. And um, wilderness backpack hunting with a trad bow is my thing. Well, it's starting off good already. Yeah, we're on to <laughs> something here. Uh, how, how is the hunting in California? So 
it's I, I get asked that question all the time. Yeah. So, you know, it depends what you want to compare it to. Okay. So turkey hunting, we have some of the best turkey hunting in the lower 48 if you mm-hmm. want to hunt a Rio, right? Okay. Um we have what's called the golden triangle up in the gold country and it's on fire, right? It's fantastic. Wild hogs, one of the best states uh, in the nation to hunt wild hogs. They estimate there's four, four to 500,000 wild hogs in the state. Oh, wow. And, you know, so there's a ton of hogs and where you can generally hunt them is beautiful, right? Just either rugged mountains or the coastal range where it's rolly, this velvet grass and, you know, just really cool locations. So those two things are awesome to hunt. Bears are awesome to hunt. Um, but everybody wants to measure that the quality of hunting in a state by its deer hunting. Right? Yeah, that's I get that. Yeah. That's it. Um, so deer hunting in California, it, it's tough. You know, um, is, it, is it mainly blacktails or is it whitetails? So we don't have any whitetails. Okay. But we do yeah. have three kind of deer here. We've muleys. got we've got muleys in the Sierra Range. We've got blacktail in the Northern California coastal mountains. And then we have a subspecies called a Pacific hybrid. Um, that is, they're kind of the size of a blacktail, but they've got a tail that looks more like a muley. They don't have real big racks or generally forked horns. Um, you can get some big bodies on them. And um, those are on the coastal range, like south of Monterey County, all the way down to LA. Uh, those are my favorites to hunt. Um, you know, and then there's some subspecies, some small ones. There's like an Inyo mule deer and some other little things. But, you know, we've got mainly three different kinds of deer that you can hunt. Um, our season for the coastal bucks, whether it's a blacktail or a Pacific hybrid, starts Saturday. So oh, wow. you know, That's we're cool. going to, yeah, I mean, in a day and a half, guys will be chasing uh guys are going to be chasing deer with bows. And I was over there this morning. I had meetings in the Bay area and I saw several bucks that just look fantastic. We had such a wet winter and the feed is so abundant. Like antler growth is there's going to be some gaggers out there. And um, so it'll be, that'll be great. Now that being said, you know, you might go a weekend and not see a, a good buck. Right. I'm familiar with this, you know? And so you, you might go, I do. I usually say it takes me for every 10 days I'm in the field. I'll get one that I want to shoot. Okay. Not bad. So, yeah. It's not bad. No, but you know, guys get used to seeing, you know, Kansas and well, you know, there's, yeah, there's Pope and young, you know, with 150 inch, eight points walking around so what's your what's your approach are you are you like spot stock are you i'm sorry are you uh are you sitting are you in a tree stand or anything or or are you in the ground i hunt predominantly off the ground okay for deer and um for deer predominantly off the ground um so when we're talking those coastal bucks because it is so hot um you know i've had this conversation before it's like it's so hot over there and the days are so long that mm-hmm. they really have to go to water. Okay. So yep. You, that makes sense. So when you find good water, 
So you find the water and then you position, position yourself where you can see that water. So you're doing a spot and stock type of scenario. You want to be able to see the water with a good vantage point so you can see all the trails coming into it. So for the coastal bucks, especially the Pacific hybrids, I do more of a spot and ambush, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that works really well because they are going to have to get up and go to that water, right? Uh, yeah, that's cool. Really predictable. I mean, they're really predictable. Um, the opposite point of that is you can spot and stalk them because it's so hot. And we've got a lot of oaks over in that area that, you know, an oak tree has got this big giant shadow. As long as that deer can stay in that shadow, he's generally not going to get up very much. You okay. know, he might move a little bit. And so my rule is usually if I can get into the same shadow that deer's in, I can kill it. Right. And so it just, you know, being real smooth and slow and, and work your way in there. How do you handle, uh, like, post i don't want to say post shot but like since it's so hot i mean how quick do you try to get the the animal process so to speak That's a good question yeah pretty pretty damn quick i was about to say because i freak out um, if it's like over 50 can't even imagine oh, do you should go to antelope hunting yeah you know go, go hang so, out in colorado for a summer yeah and so that's the challenge i mean um even those a lot of times and i'm i even in those areas i generally backpack into yeah, I like to hunt, and I mean, there's my favorite spot when I'm in my glassing spot. I'm watching a, a highway with you know, a thousand cars an hour driving by it, so it's not that deep, <laughs> but it's difficult to get to. And you know, I mean, it's steep country. It looks like yeah. heck out. so it, it's difficult to get in there and do it. But I mean, you're right there by by a freeway, but um, you know, you I generally I I uh. I bone them out and hike them, you know, I bone them out, throw them in the backpack and hike them out. And I've, you know, oh, geez, what year was it? I think 2006, I went for a morning hunt with just uh, a fanny pack on oh, and I ended, up, I ended up killing a buck like a mile and a half from the, from the truck and had to drag that sucker out. And I was like, uh, oh, not doing that again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I take and learn. Pack everywhere I go now. Man, this is, I don't want to, I don't want to like California to dominate the, 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 the podcast. We actually want to hear other things from you, but, um, I do have some questions cause I'm, I'm curious. I mean, how, how are, how is land access? How are tags? Things like that. I mean, everything I've never been to California, but everything you hear when it comes to stuff that we like, like haunting, yeah. it's, it's a negative. What you hear is negative. Is it truly that way when you're there? I mean, like is it hard for you to get tags or, and how's the reaction of the people around you and how's the access? So first off, access is great. So we've got massive amounts of Sierra, you know, Sierra national forest, the Tahoe national forest. So there's a lot of national forest lands, which have road systems in them. And most of those tags you can buy over the counter for archery or rifle. Oh, awesome. Right. Um, the A zone is mostly private, right? It's on the coastal range. Everybody with money wants to live over there. It's a lot of private. Right. Uh, there's some very good public over there. Pardon me. Um, so, you know, it's probably half and half private and public. Mm-hmm. Um, the public hunting is good. The biggest bucks I've ever killed were on private, right? Uh, yeah. And to be able to, 
identify, you know, scout and identify and target a buck, the best ones I've ever got were all private land because you can do that. Nobody's in there messing it up for you. Yeah. Um, a lot of the griping that you hear are going to be from guys that want to rifle hunt premium zones because, you know, we started doing a, a point system back in the 90s. And so max points now is like 26 points or something. And guys will put in for these very limited draw premium units, you know, and they'll wait 20 years and then they'll go in there. And those hunts happen to you generally in December and the mule deer have been fighting. They're all broken up and, you know, they're, yeah, yeah, he's got a 25 inch frame, but he's got, you know, half his points missing. He didn't score for shit. Right. It's like, well, you had 20 years of getting points. You should have learned that. Right. Yeah. Pay attention to what's going on. But for a guy that wants to archery hunt, you know, it's legit. And here's how you do it, right? First off, you you can you get two deer tags here in California for a buck, right? Two buck tags. Um, very well, two deer tags in total. So there's some tags that are um either sex and those are a draw. But if a guy's gonna bow hunt and is a bow hunter only, you can buy both of those tags, you can get a archery only one and an archery only two and with those tags because they're archery only you can hunt almost every single zone in the state minus those premium zones right so if you want to go to northern california and backpack in for blacktail you can go up there you want to go to the desert and hunt big muleys you can do that you want to go to the coast you can do that all with this archery only tag so what I do and what I learned many, many years ago is um, there are some of the archery only premium tags that take one or two points to draw. And so instead of waiting 20 years to draw a zone that has a, you know, a high success ratio, I get a tag every, one, every other year or so yep. of a zone that's pretty damn good. And I can, you know, I've hunted, there's a zone that everybody loves. It's called X9A for archery. It's A16. I've hunted that in the last 30 years. I think it's seven, eight times now, right? But it takes six to seven points to get that with a rifle, right? But there's ways to get around it. They let you do part, you can party with other people. And so, you know, as I, I used to do quite a bit of consulting, and so guys would be like, Hey, I want you to come and, you know, not be my guide, but consult. And, you know, I have my guides license now, so I can, I can charge them to do that. But guys would want you to go do that. And it's like, all right, well, how many points do you have? And oh, I've got 13 points. It's like, okay, well let's put in together and I'll go do that hunt with you. Um, so, you know, there's ways to get on to hunts that I got you. Yeah. produce, right. Got to be creative. Yep. Absolutely. And you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you know, you have to scientifically go through the draw data and put in for the right hunts at the right time. So that makes sense. I, I want to say it was one of the trad quest guys. I don't remember which one, but you know, everybody kind of knows that I always joke about moving and he yeah. like te- messaged me real serious one time. He's like underlining state that nobody's ever going to talk about Northern California. And I messaged yeah. him back in the classic, are you joking? And then he kind of laid it out like you have. It's probably just, James. 
right? James yeah, Orr. James Orr. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. He's got family down here in the Morro Bay area and he's hunted there before. And yeah, you know, I'll just say, that. I'll say, yeah, all the Californians are going to get mad at me for bringing people into the state, but um, you know, California is a good state. And I wanted to throw out some numbers for you because the thing we haven't talked yet about is California bears. And I wrote it down. I'm the records chairman for the California big game club, right? For the bow hunters club. Since 1971, there's been, and I didn't, Pope and Young is 18 inches. Boone and Crockett's 20 inches, which is a monster bear. Oh, yeah. 74 Boone and Crockett bears have come out of California since 1973. Another 82 over 19 inches. So 156 bears over 19 inches with archer equipment. And those are the ones that they entered for the record book. My buddy of mine from LA, David DeVille killed a 22, 22 and three sixteenths last year with his recurve. That's wild. Might've been his longbow recurve. I don't remember recurve or longbow, but with a trad bow, 22 and three sixteenths. Absolute hog. It sounds like uh, California might be a uh, well-kept secret. Remy Warren says that California is the best bear hunting state in the lower 48 and and i agree with them you know so if i didn't know it was legal i i thought i thought it was like you know (laughs) of all states for that to be illegal it had to been california i thought for sure california (laughs) wouldn't let you hunt bears you know they tried to in 2020 they introduced sb 252 which i was on the i was on the legislative committee back then and yeah they tried to the hsus tried to outlaw you know i tried to get us to outlaw bear hunting and the, the data that they used was that in 2005, we um, we took away hunting with hounds for bears, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this, the state commission says that they think there's 40,000 bears in the state. Um, our quota is 1,700 bears. We used to hit it almost all the time when we allowed hound, hound hunting. We don't bait, right? So there's no baiting. But we did hunt with hounds. They'd always bump right up against the 1700. And then in 2005, I think it was, they made that illegal. Or wait, maybe 15. I don't know. A number of years ago, they made hounds illegal. And we've never come close anymore. So last year, we did about 1300 bears. And what it really comes down to is it's either um, spot and stock or guys are road hunting, you know, or they're most guys are out deer hunting and they see a bear and they shoot the bear and they don't know if it's a boar or a sow or this or that. Right. So there's a lot of bears getting taken that way. So, um, we're trying to, um, we're trying to get a second bear tag in the works, um, because guys that know about bears in this state, um, guys like Seth Watts, the black bear pursuit on Instagram, Northern California guy, um, the guy I'm going hunting with next month, um, Gabe up at New Mountain Outfitters, other people that are in the know, they're like thinking that that 40,000 bear number is probably closer to 70 to 80. You know, there's so many bears in the state. So we're trying to get a spring hunt. We're trying to get a second bear tag. Um, the state commission saying maybe in 2025, those things will happen. So we'll see what happens with that. Well, at least there's, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're listening. I I wrote a proposal for um, a spring bear hunt proposal, and 
and you know i gave it to my guys and we'll see we'll see it's been it's been submitted my proposal has been submitted i don't i don't know if how deeply they've gone into it but my proposal was is that our our state licenses in california go from july 1st to first through the end of june uh bear hunting starts up here next month august 19th and runs through christmas so we've got a long bear season um my suggestion was my proposal was is if the 1700 doesn't get met so say there's 1300 bears get taken in the fall mm-hmm. there's 400 to, yep. to reach the limit that we put a um, draw for those 400 or for a thousand more tags or whatever right hold a draw hunt for a spring bear like a three-week spring bear hunt archery only is what i said guys oh, that's mad. cool you know yeah. they call me an elitist but i think in california <laughs> uh, california spring season with rifles you you'd smoke them what about uh crossbows yeah, take no time at all what's the legality for crossbows out there yeah crossbows i mean are guys using them some guys do you know guys you have to have a medical release to use them. Okay. Okay. And, uh, I called the fish and game. I have a friend who's a game warden. I called him last year on a couple of guys that were hunting during archery season with their crossbows. And, you know, she was, I was on the phone with her. She's like, well, you know, if they're disabled, they can, they can hunt with them. And I'm like, if they're hunting where I'm hunting, they are disabled. Right. And so she drove over and met him in the parking lot when they hiked out and had a conversation. So um, they know, sprained their pinky finger, Mark. Maybe. But look at mine. My, my pinky's all jacked up. That thing's been, you know, like <laughs> that was kind of the ongoing release. joke about Vermont you got, is once you, you got one of these. <laughs> I do have a hammer finger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vermont, once you had your medical like slip, you were good to go for life. So, you know, yeah. it you only know, took something super minor to get it. I don't, I don't talk about this very much. And yeah. Chris isn't usually the one that brings up this controversial topic. So well, he's I, taking I, new I strides love, here. I'm so, dealing with it here in Pennsylvania and we're seeing greater numbers with crossbows. And I mean, my hunting yeah. club went from a huge archery club to 100% crossbows. Nobody uses bows really? anymore. Yeah. It's a drag. No, they're super effective. Yeah. But I mean, I, like I the, got it, in trouble a couple of years ago because I made a comment or I, I had a questions thing going on on our Instagram and somebody asked me what I thought about crossbows. I said that they were good for I actually I think I said it about compounds, too, that they were good for kids and beginners. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I don't feel the need for them. I know there might be some people that need them. However, in 2011, I was diagnosed with early onset Parkinson's disease, right? I've had a, I had a heart attack in 2019 and two years later, I'm hunting Kodiak Island, hunting with a trad bow and doing 10 day backpack trips in the high mountains. And I don't shoot a lightweight bow. All right. I shoot, you know, what's a Western hunting weight bow and I've got a couple of what would be very valid reasons to maybe want an advantage. And I don't want to live my life pushing the easy button. Right. It's like, and so for guys that are like, Oh, you know, I played football in high school and my shoulders hurt. Oh, tough titties. Right. Like, duck it up, pansy. Learn how to shoot. Right. Shoot a 45 pound bow because a 45 pound modern recurve or longbow is going to shoot through anything on this lower 48. 
That's right. Right. Yeah. With a well-tuned arrow, it's going to, it's going to blow through anything unless you hit it and, you know, hit it in the wrong spot, you know, hit it on the, the spine of a, a shoulder blade. And yeah, it's probably going to stop. Like I say, that doesn't seem to work with anything all that well. Yeah. State, state law in PA is 35 pounds. Really? Yeah. You can pull back 35 pounds. You can, Vermont doesn't even have one anymore. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, come on. I mean, I, I like to see people shoot what they're going to shoot effectively. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. Yeah. And, and what they enjoy and out here in the West, I mean, Western guys, we have a very different experience when it comes to what kind of shots to take. Right. We've got a lot of cross Canyon shots, a lot of time, you know, a lot of longer shots, a lot of steep uphill, a lot of steep downhill. Yeah. Canyon stuff. I always talk, I always talk shit about Eastern guys shooting 45 pound recurves out of tree stands hunting whitetails i mean massively right i did let's not go <laughs> until i was sitting in a tree stand in illinois last december and i went to pull back my 59 pound recurve and i was like oh oh this sucks <laughs> now i get it <laughs> you know and so i had to come home and i ate some crow and everybody's like like well how was it and I'm like, man I, I get it like that makes one it makes total sense yeah right Dude, that's cold. Illinois in December's. Well, Schaefer's still pulling. What are you pulling? Fifty nine pounds out of that out of that uh, widow, the, isn't the, it? The widow was fifty nine. I mean, yeah. I, I stopped yeah. shooting the the silver tips. Original limbs were sixty six. Yeah, and I shot those from like sixteen years old to like I don't know eighteen when I bought my first custom. That's awesome. And then I bought the. I mean, the the limbs I replaced them with are fifty four. I draw more like 56. So, okay. I'll I, shoot that all day at ETAR. Well, no well that's the thing, right? It's like, especially you go do, we, we do a tournament here. Uh, we do a tournament here in California. It's 102 targets over two days, right? Mm-hmm. So it's 51 targets a day. Those, my 59 pound bows, that, that's not fun, right? Long so day. I'll, I'll, I'll pull out one of the lighter weight ones that I've got. You know, I've got it. I can. I make whatever I want. So it's like, I got a bunch of different things and um, you know, but when it comes to walking in the woods, like my boat, my favorite boat, that one with the pink on it up there, that that's the bow that's named uncle Charlie. That's the one that goes everywhere with me. Awesome. And um, you know, that's the one. one Is that a one? Is that a one piece? Totally a three piece. piece. I can't see how, I can't see the quiver. Okay. I couldn't see through the quiver. It's a three piece. It's our Ascari. Oh, this one. So this dude's special to me. So this is a, oh, it's got pretty. a three piece little 14 inch hybrid handle on it. Yeah. Nice. With carbon, carbon recurve lens, um, Selway that drew made for me. But, um, uh, you want to hear why that bow is special to me? I think absolutely. It's a story. You guys might like to hear it. We like it. Let's go. Uh, so when I started in bow hunting, uh, nineteen ninety, so I was twenty-one years old. I went to the archery shop, and my very first bow was a sixty-pound Hatfield takedown. That's what I started shooting traditional with, right? And uh, that was a popular bow in the nineties. That was, was my dad's it first traditional bow too. On it, but yeah, you know, I spray painted a camo and I, I hunted with that thing for several years. And um, my first custom bow that I got was um, 
from Charlie Bisharat at uh, Stalker Custom Recurves is what it was called back then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And, and Charlie lived about three hours north of me. So at that time, when I got that bow, I was probably 24 years old, had been shooting for a few years. And I ordered this bow from Charlie and I told him, I'm like, I want 65 pounds, 64 inch bow. I want it to be 65 pounds, all this stuff. And he's like, no, nah, man, you know, he's like, you don't want that. And he's like, what, what kind of arrows are you shooting? And I was like, oh, I'm shooting, you know, I think I was shooting like a 23, 15 or 20, I don't know, big old fat arrow and all this stuff. And Charlie's like, man, I played football at Oregon state. I'm a big dude. I shoot 55. I think you should shoot something like 55 pounds. I think you should shoot a small diameter arrow. I think you should shoot this kind of broadhead. And he, he like, this is in the early nineties. He's laying out like what most guys are shooting now, right? Way back then. And he, he's, he saw the light. Right. And so it was really kind of cool. Charlie took me in and, and taught me some things. He built me that bow and I, I hunted with that bow for a long time. Um, you know, but the group of guys that was running around then it was South Cox was, was a youngster. He lived over in, in, uh, uh, Santa Rosa. So South was around all the time. Um, Brian Morris was around Larry D Jones was around. All these guys were shooting the early stalkers. And it's like, so you got to be in this little club. And so I shot that bow for a while. Charlie kind of started doing some different things. And I got a Black Widow and I shot a Black Widow for years and years, 15 years. I shot the same Black Widow combo. Well, Charlie sells Stalker to South. South comes comes to buy everything and there's some walnut that's left over in the shop that South didn't want to take. Charlie's dad used to make custom violins. So these walnut pieces were in the shapes of violins. And so Charlie gives them to Brian Morris, who's a friend of mine. Brian, like in 2021, says, hey, I've got some really nice walnut that I got that South didn't want. Would you like it? Yeah, I would love it. I'll make a bow out of it. So Brian gives me this, these three chunks of wood. That riser is made out Beautiful. of. So that's why I would say like that bow was meant to be a violin. Yeah. Right? And so you know, I built it and, uh, or Jerome built it for me. Right. He's, he's Jerome builds everything. He's, uh, he's the one with the the talent there. And, um, so Jerome built me this bow that we specced out and, um, you know, so it's kind of got a bunch of people from my past. And so that's why we named it uncle Charlie, because it was kind of a shout out to Charlie Bishrot. Starting you know? there, so. and, uh, and it was one of South scraps that he didn't want, you know, we ended up and a lot of guys are like, man, that's one of the most beautiful bows you guys have ever built. And I'm like, eh, I'm chucking it across a river on Kodiak Island. I'm like, shit, man, I got to get across. Like I'm throwing <laughs> it. And Jerome just shakes his head. He's like, that thing is so nice. And you just hard on it. And I'm like, well, that's what it's made for. Right. I don't do that with my black and white ebony bow or my snakewood bows. Any of those, like those get treated well, but uncle Charlie gets tossed around. <laughs> so the tool. So yeah, that's how, that's how that boat came about. I like it. I guess that's, that's awesome. a good transition point into Bawana. Yeah. So how did that start? How'd you get involved with that? Um, how long has Jerome been building? I guess so, give us a little background on that. So you got to go back really 
to about 1991 when Jerome and I were youngsters. And um, we met at the archery shop. I shot Trad. He shot an Oneida. And, uh, Which are pretty started, sweet for a compound. He shot an Oneida with no sights and a release because nice. that's what that's what Uncle Ted shot, right? The new I was literally yeah, about and, to say Ted Newton. And, and, and Babe yeah. Winkleman. Well, and he's a guitar player and, you know, he played in a rock band and everything. So Jerome had like this Ted Nugent, you know, on a pedal. He had Ted and and Fred Bear on this pedestal, right? Yeah. And um, so that's the bow he shot. I shot Trad and we became friends when we're young, right? And so now all these, you know, 33 years later or whatever, we're still buddies. And, but it kind of, that's where we started. And so everything you see now that we put out is based off of our experiences. And so Jerome, you know, you, you asked the question earlier about how is California to hunt and it's like, it's not a game rich environment. And Jerome really wanted to go hunt places that had more opportunities. His dream was to hunt Africa. So he started going to Africa. I think he's been 10, 10 times, right? No kidding. One of the most impressive trophy rooms you will ever see um, is in his house. And so Jerome went Africa. I didn't have the the money to do that, but I was self-employed. I had more time than I had money. So I started doing the wilderness thing. So we kind of went opposite directions in our hunting. Um, Around that same time in the 90s, Jerome started a company, which people know, which is Ethics Archery. And he designed the Ethics Archery spinning insert. And he went into business with his dad and his brother. His brothers now owns it outright and does the insert business. Um, and I want to say it was in the mid-2000s, Jerome got tired of shooting the compound. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go trad. I think he'd been to Africa like four or five times already. He's like, I've been there, done it. The next challenge is I got to shoot a recurve. So he started building some recurves under the name ethics ethics archery custom recurves i think is what it was and he built some he built me one and um never really went in went anywhere and then um 2019 you know he stopped making the bows and he just he had his bows and 20 2019 rolls around and um we both kind of came back together we hadn't really hung out a lot together we were doing our own thing. He was doing his Africa thing. I was doing my wilderness thing. Um, but it kind of happened, you know, my dad passed away. I had a heart attack. And so it was like, I need to start looking at my priorities in life. And so one of the things I did is I reconnected with my buddy and he had just started doing the Buana line. And so Buana is what the African pH is called the hunter, right? This, they always call it like boss, right? It's, yep. And so he thought that was a cool name. And so he came out with the Buana Safari and it was a lot of African woods and a lot of like Safari um, vision. Right. And so um, I have, I think my first one was number 13. I think I got the 13th bow that he built and um, I bought that and went out and started killing some stuff with it. And then um I wanted to get my second one. When I wanted to get my second one, he's like, well, what if I make you like my tester, right? Because I'm out doing stuff here. 
he uh, he always says like interviewing him would be like interviewing a retarded porcupine. You know, he, he's introverted. He doesn't like to he doesn't like to do this. And so he's You're like, the pretty face for the company. Yeah, <laughs> which doesn't say much. So um, we feel but, you. Know, so he kind of he kind of was like, hey, you know, we're friends. Can you help me with this? And so it started out in 2020. I kind of just started helping him with some social media, some things like that. And then most of the design changes we've made since 2020 and the new models and everything have been because I have just talked shit to him constantly about, we need to do this. And he's like very resistant. He's, he's one of the smartest people I've met and, or that I know. And he's like, really likes perfection. And I was, so the whole carbon lamp thing was the first one is, or uh, Black Widow, you know, Toby and those guys made Randy Cooling, the carbon limbed widow. And I was like, I want one of these, you know, and he's like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Well, now it's, you know, our most popular limb design is, is the carbon limbs, you know? And then, so it, every time we turn around, I'm like, I'll tell him I want this and we got to figure out how to do it. And, um, you know, he, he gets frustrated and we text, we, we anger text each other back and forth, joking around, for you know a while and then he ends up he's like hey i need to show you something and he's built it right and then i go out and i test it and we figure out if it's worth selling or not and you know we go from there and um so we did that first with the carbon limbs and then um late last year we redesigned the hunter model which is our 900 entry level bow um which you know that's expensive for guys that are like 900 bucks entry levels like well it's for us you know, that's where we're our starting point with that. I mean, yeah. in general, these days, that is a fantastic price. That's, that's pretty if you're much talking an Amazon level. options. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris, what was that? I say that that's about entry level. I mean, you don't see much. You used to see like $700 bows, like custom bows, and, and yeah. they're far and few between now. I mean, going rates usually about a grand. They are. So to what get we into did it. is, you know, on like the Ascari, the Safari, and like our Royal Safari line, mm-hmm. those have some like, some very exotic woods in them and we'll do all kinds of add-ons and, you know, you can really get into it. I like to say it's like ordering a car from chip boost, right? Yeah. We, you get in there and it's like, I, I text guys all the time on their custom builds and I'm like, so what color uh, accents do you want? You know, and we'll put pieces together and like show them what it would look like or show them examples and, let them pick what they want. Let them pick what kind of animal tracks they want or animal mm-hmm. head they want. And, you know, we, we really let them get involved and then we send them pictures along the way of their bow being built so that it kind of gets that excitement up. And so you're yeah. not paying your deposit and sitting there waiting for months on end like we used to do. Yeah. And that, then, you know, that's the best part, being about, part of it, being part of oh, that absolutely. experience as it's being built. I mean, that's absolutely. the best part, you know? Yeah. You know, so we do that. And so the Hunter model, what we did is we, we just streamlined it. The Hunter model, you know, our regular bows there, it's a three piece riser. So we're taking a riser blank and we're cutting it into three pieces, putting laminations in there and, you know, we'll mix woods and everything. So with the Hunter, we just don't do that. Right. And we're using diamond wood, which is a manufactured piece. Yeah. And so it's one piece. And then, you know, we did a little, there you that go. That is absolutely beautiful. Yes. That I was about to say, it's not that I'm not listening. I'm just on your website. <laughs> this happens quickly. That's good. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, that, that bow's rad. I've shot that one. 
Um, what is that red? What is that red? Not not to get off track here, but it's like a reddish wood. What is that? Um, I'm not sure which one that is. I could pull it up. Look at that thing. Dang. Coca Bola the Cody Riser. Oh, it's Coca Bola. Yeah. Uh, is I just like how it goes from the red to the white. So what's fun with that is that's one of the things that we do. I've got a customer down in uh, I've got a customer down in Southern California right now, and he, he ordered a custom ironwood bow. And so we sent him blanks, right? The pictures yeah. of the block of wood. They're like, all right, here's the three different blocks of wood. Pick your bow, right? Which one do you want? And it's really, it's a Rochambeau. You don't know what you're going to get when you start cutting into it, right? Right, right. Exactly. But that's the level of custom we want to go to. It's like, th- th- these are the woods we have. These what do you want? And so like that particular bow or that particular bow that Schaefer's looking at there, when you uh, when you looked at that as a as a you know three by two block of wood, you could just see that it had some changes in color. It's like where those are going to line up and how it's going to develop as you cut into the riser. It's like I don't know, but Let's see where this goes. You know, that's that's what's fun about it. Yeah. So man, these are like killer. To, we like to let guys look at those two by three blocks that we're going to make the risers out of, and let them see it when it's a block of wood. And if you go to our YouTube page, there's a couple of bows that we built where it's from a block of wood to a finished bow. You know, they're little short two minute videos. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's that's what we want to give guys. And so, you know, our limb design is the exact same from a hunter to a Royal Safari. The limbs, mm-hmm. the limb design is exactly Profile the same. Profile stays the same. However. Of course. Right. So yeah. they all shoot the same. You know, and I, I have one of every model, right? And they all shoot exactly the same, right? But do you want a smooth grip? Do you want a file grip? Do you want a waffle grip, right? And like all these things, what do you want? And how much do you want to get involved in it? You know, and those all take a little extra. I can't that, see that. Oh, hang on. Uh, hell. This it, isn't as techie. Whatever. Yeah, I give up. But whatever it is, the stippling in that is insane. It's just, it, it's a safari. Yeah, and that's all done by hand. That right? is, it's so tight. Is I've that, never is seen that it. the website or Instagram? It's Insta Spam. Can you see that? Shit? No, no, it's just it. glaring. It. It's too wide. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's. It's um, like looking at Ken's head. <laughs> it's ebony and tulip. Oh, okay. And yeah, that's and, a file grip one. Oh my goodness! And that's past center, right? Quarter inch, so, according to the website. So yeah, quarter on inch, on our three piece bows, they're all quarter inch past center. Yeah. Right. Um, which, you know, you shoot a stiffer arrow, but once you get it tuned, you're actually, when you, when the animal, when that arrow is hitting the animal, now you've got a, a stiffer arrow driving the energy into it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think you get better penetration on that. Um, not everybody's the same. So one of the things that we did, um, that I think I had to harass him for two years on is we just launched the the one piece bows that that kufa model mm-hmm. so that's the, the one piece long bows and on those i just wanted one right and i didn't want to go buy a tolki or not that those nothing wrong with them but you know i'm i i can't be a part of a company bow. and go yeah, buy exactly. something else and stuff. yeah so um 
I, I wanted a one piece longbow. And so I, I harassed him for a couple of years until we, we got on board with it. And on those, what we did is the one that I have and that I shoot is cut quarter inch past center. But we also will make that bow. If anybody wants it, we'll cut it to center, right? Because we're making them by hand. We can do however we yep, want. Exactly. And so, you know, guys that are going to be in that market, if a guy's a wood arrow guy, if he's a one piece wood arrow guy, he wants it cut to center, mm-hmm. right? Because my you know, foster, to, I always get foster to make me woods. And, you know, it's basically, I'm like, Hey man, you got any 80, 85s? And when he's got them, I have him make me arrows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And those are hard to come by. So yes, they are. Yeah. You know, you cut it to center and now all of a sudden that's a, you know, a 65, 70. Right. And, uh, or, you know, 75, 70, 75 or somewhere in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're just, if a guy wants to shoot woods. So we, we call them, there's a type, type a riser, which is cut to center. Okay. The type B riser, which is quarter inch past. Right. So if a guy's going to shoot carbons, uh, I'm shooting aluminums out of mine right now, but if a guy's going to shoot aluminums or carbons, um, things that are easier to get in those high spine weights, go quarter inch past, it's going to be easier to tune. It's going to shoot super fast, great flight. Uh, but if you are more of that guy that wants to be a little more pure, shoot woods, go with the type A. Um, so you say that's more I, traditional. I think it is like shooting split finger, right? I don't do any of those things, but I can, <laughs> <laughs> or I used to. Uh, you know? So that's fun. You know, that's what's fun about it is. Um, over the last thirty some years, I've shot split finger. I've shot gap. I've shot instinctive. I've I've done all of it except for maybe string walking. Right. right. Um. So it's funny, I'll, I'll grab a bow and somebody will say something like, oh, well, traditional shooting split finger. I'm like, okay, and I'll grab it split finger and I'll shoot it. And they're like, well, shit, how'd you do that? And I'm like, well, I've been doing this for a couple of days. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's I not know that big of a it. difference. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, um, but if we want to talk about styles, like I shoot three under, I shoot gap instinctive right yeah yeah most people most people and get like good. that instinctive like what are you like um, 15 20 and in your instinctive man maybe so i was joking around with jerome this morning i told him i i came up with a new uh a new shooting style that we're gonna roll out on this podcast it's called gap it and snap it you know and uh <laughs> i like it if anybody's watched me shoot that sounds right? just like chris if anybody's watching me shoot, I'm setting, I'm setting it up there and I'm, I'm, you know, I carry a rangefinder almost all the time when I'm hunting and guys will say, that's not trad. And I'm like, well, it's missing trad because like, why are you, if, if I know the yardage and we're shooting for points or for money, you're probably in trouble. Right. Or I'm going to give you a run for your cash at least. Right. So why not know the yardage? So if I know the yardage, I'm doing the math, I'm setting my arrow out there, I'm guessing my gap where I want to be, I pull back, I hit anchor, I I clear it, right? My my process is, is once I get the full full draw, I check that gap again and I let it go. I, I'm not a heavy aimer. I'm shooting 59 pounds, right? I'm not going to hold it back you're, there. You're for, pretty quick shot. 
Is that what you're saying? I'm a pretty quick shot. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I don't here. have to be. Right. right. When I shoot a 52 pounder, I can hold it back there, no problem. But um, I don't. I don't find it necessary. The, usually, like if I'm holding, I'm going to start. All my bad habits are going to show up. I'm going to collapse. I'm going to get target panic. I'm going to this and that. And so, um, you know, I think one of the worst things a guy can do is walk around with a quiver full of hope. Right. It's like you gotta, <laughs> you, you gotta be confident in your shots. And, you know, that's why I shoot every, when I'm at home, I shoot every day. Yeah. You know, I tell guys that all the time. I said, you have to practice all the time. Got to know your shots, got to run your shots from different positions. You know, it's like I shoot kneeling, sitting, I do all of that stuff all the time. Um, because I'm shooting because I want to hunt with, with my, you know, my traditional gear not because I want to go stand upright on a 3d course and, and bang, bang 12s, which is fun, but that's not my goal. Right. Yep. No, that'd I be an excellent quiver engraving quiver full of hope. Quiver full of hope. Yeah. Better than quiver full of fives. Right? Yeah. <laughs> For a 3d guy. <laughs> uh, I still, uh, I sent Eric at great Northern a few, uh, I don't know if you, what you want to call them things to potentially engrave on a quiver and it was yeah. plan a through uh what is it <laughs> e put plan a plan b plan c <laughs> over the that. different over arrow chair. slots man he does nice work he does you know? yeah and so it's kind of funny like jerome and i again how we're different he loves eric over there and he he runs all great northern quivers and drew drew and i'll get on the phone and go on an hour long tangent. Yeah, and that happens. I, I run all Selway stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but great Northern man, he does some really nice work. Really nice. They both cover. do. They both do awesome work. They do. And you that's know, why and, they're and, so awesome. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and again, that's, what's really cool about trad mm-hmm. is that we've got people running these companies out there that are awesome. You know, we, we built drew a bow. And so Drew's got one of our bows right now. And, um, I think he's going to put some, uh, put it to some pretty good use this fall. He, he loves that thing. He hasn't, he hasn't said too much about it. He's posted a couple of pictures. I was about to say, I remember seeing a photo from him saying he really liked it. And that was the first and last photo I remember seeing. Yeah. It was funny. That thing showed up on his doorstep. I was tracking it, you know, and we we went back and forth for a while because we did a deal. He built us a bunch of quivers. We built him a bow and, um, that happens a lot in the trad community, right? People mm-hmm. horse trade and stuff. And so when I shipped it to him, I'm checking the, you know, I'm tracking it all the time. And so I knew when it hit his doorstep. And so I'm waiting. I'm like, man, when is he going to like, what's going on? He hasn't said nothing. And the next day I know I get this phone call from him and he's so excited. And his wife is like, why don't you just take that thing in the bedroom already? <laughs> you know, <laughs> she was over it. He'd had that over here. So, um, you know, oh, that's, that's awesome. the goal. Any any boyer is gonna love that, right? When somebody gets something and it meets all the expectations of what they uh, were hoping for, that's that's a really good time. Uh, Drew, if you're listening, please please bring that bow to Utah. <laughs> I think he will. I want to shoot it. I'll text him. Yeah, no, you yeah. should shoot it. Yeah, I, I want to. That's an I shot it. It's a nice. It's a nice shooter. It's a good bow. Um, it's a Osage. Osage hand-told hunter with brown glass limbs. Okay. He's like, I don't want anything special. I'm like, okay, like we'll do it. 
might be spray painted by now. It Beautiful. might. Might be. Yeah. I, it might. My uncle Charlie is. I spray painted the limbs on that and drew him about how to melt them. Well, it's carbon, so I get it. Yeah, it's like eh, so. So let's let's change gears or maybe even go backwards for a little bit. We we usually we hit up you know we like haunting stories and stuff like that. And you've been at this for a bit, 1990. Um, yeah. What what was your, uh, how long did it take you to get your first animal down? What was it and how'd that go? Oh, God. <laughs> this is not, 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 uh, if it took a minute, it's not, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. Because no, what did it, what it, it take uh, Fred Bear? Like six seasons before he killed something? Four it seasons? It took me five. Five? It took okay. Me five seasons before I brought one home, let's say. Okay. Okay. So um, Jerome was with me the first animal i shot yeah i think and uh we were hunting and uh it's a pretty funny story guys that know us don't know the whole story so i'll tell it we were we were young and this is probably 93 or so so a couple years in and we have a lot of pigs in the state and we were hunting and we found this group of hogs and he had killed a hog before and i think he would killed like a little fork and horn or something so he had a couple under his belt and so we he's like it's your turn you're gonna go in there get on this group and and put one down and so he drives me up the 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 forest road a little bit and i jump out and i hike up the hill and i you know i'm waiting i'm waiting to ambush these hogs as the group beats by so i'm sitting there and this group of hogs comes by like 15 yards or something and uh i was shooting at the time i was shooting Zephyr Sasquatch, big two blade broadhead. And so this, these pigs are coming by. And so I, you know, bend it and send it, right? <laughs> so I shoot this thing and just, in my very rookie opinion at the time, hammered it, right? And so the pigs spin around, they run off the opposite way. And so I jam down there, drum comes and picks me up, and he's like, Man, what happened? What happened? I was like, oh man, I just hammered this hog. Just hammered it. He's like, oh yeah, was it good? I'm like, oh yeah, it was huge. A huge boar, just black, just huge boar. It was awesome. He's like, all right, well, let's, you know, let's jump in the truck and we'll head back up the forest road and we'll see if we can catch up to him and see what we got, you know, and, and see if we can see him. So we do that and we go up there and we catch up to this group of pigs and there's my monster boar that I hammered was probably about an 85 pound yearling <laughs> that I shot like way up in the withers. And he had this big old broadhead wound on him and he's just having a good old time. He walked around with not bothered by the shot I put on him at all. Oh, no so, kidding. You know? And so Jerome just like starts in on me about how I shot it up in the chime bones. Are you guys familiar with their anatomy? No, right. Not particularly. I know you want to shoot low and forward, low and forward. Right. So their, their spines come out of the back of the head. Their spine drops down into the shoulder area, but they have these really long spinal process. They call them the chime bones. And so he's like, Oh man, you chime boned that thing. So to this day, if I shoot anything high, and he is anywhere within sight. You will hear from the the peanut gallery chime bones every time. Whether it's a three D target, whether I shoot. There's a video of me shooting a hog a couple of years ago. A follow up shot. I shot it high. He's all chime bones. I'm like, oh my god. So can't let that one down. The first one I shot. <laughs> 
So go a couple years later, I'm still trying to get my first one in the truck and um, was hunting over on the coast and I'd gotten a little better, right? I got a little better at shooting. I got a little better, better hunting and, and moving around. And so I had snuck into um, the hogs out here. They've got this, what we call like shamish patches. They get in the thick stuff and they like to bed up together. I could hear them. So I snuck in there and I thought I had, I thought that I had got into about 20 yards. It was not 20 yards. It was probably like 12 paces, you know, or <laughs> a little bit more. And hogs are all bedded up. And so I'm fiddling around trying to figure out which one I'm going to shoot and everything. Well, they don't see real well, but they see good enough for that, you know. And so I got busted. The the sounder pop up and they go taking off. And this this big boar runs out about 20 yards and curls back. And it's like coming right at me. And so I've got an arrow on the string and no joke, like did the, uh, the bullfighter pirouette and pulled back and hit this thing at maybe four feet. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, under pressure. Oh yeah. Under a lot of pressure. It was <laughs> shitless. Right. And, um, cause I had been treed and, but in my other trips where I was trying to get a boar, I'd gotten treed before. And so at about, you know, a couple of steps, I just hammer this boar and, um, you know, it goes and it runs off into, you know, he, he bails off and he goes into the bush again. And so I go back out to the guys and they're like, Hey, what happened? I'm like, man, I hammered this boar. He's huge. And they're like, Oh, we've heard this story before. I'm like, no, really, really? Like I really did it. You know, I think I was like 25 years old, 25, 26 years old. Right. I was yeah. so excited. And so um, nobody wanted to go into the bush to try to get this thing. So we go back. We knew a guy with a dog came in. They find it. and It's dead. And um, Compton's posted a picture. So it's on the Compton's Instagram right now is that hog that I shot. That was my first trad kill in 1995. If you go to their Instagram page and it was about 300, 320 pounds with oh, two and geez. a half inches exposed ripped up ear and like i just broadhead took the heart out it, it really went it went about maybe 30 yards into the bush but you know we i didn't know my experience is whether that you shoot them you shoot them and they they walk around like nothing happened so that was my first trad kill was was that one that uh you're probably pulling up right i got it right now yeah uh, so it is what? a massive one did I miss this? What's Compton doing? A first trad kill thing? Yeah. Indeed. So Compton Compton put it out there a week or so ago for people to send in their first trad kill. Did you see that little kid? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. Oh, hey, Schaefer, that's you. <laughs> it is. It is I me. Know, I just bust his balls. <laughs> so, <laughs> Look at little Schaefer. Come on. Uh, oh, so yeah, that, that, like, that must have been 1998. Probably, the chipmunk. Right? <laughs> so that was about the time I got my first deer and you're getting that chipmunk. So, oh. so yeah, it was it was humble beginnings for me. I mean, I tried really hard for a long time, and the first deer I shot, I had my uh my first wife was with me and she's watching me, and I, I stalked in and I got to like there was a group of uh four or five bucks together. And, uh, they're in this ravine and I, I, I stalked in and I, you know, got, got out of my shoes and I went in and, and she's a couple hundred yards away with, with her binoculars watching. And 
I get in and there's this pretty big fork and horn, like 21 inch fork and horn or something. And I'm watching him and ended up shooting that buck at like 30 yards or something. And, um, he shot, shot him low, you know, shot him low, had to track him in the whole deal. And, um, I went back to where she was and I told her, she's like, Oh, what happened? I'm like, well, I shot that buck, you know? And she goes, well, which one? I said, Oh, I shot that, that one that was up on the Hill. She's like, why didn't you shoot that one that was really close to you? Like right below you. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Right. And she's like, there was one that was right underneath you. So the way that the ravine was, there was this big three point that was literally like eight yards away from me. No no kidding. Wow. She's like, she's like, you really don't know what you're doing. Do you? So I didn't take her hunting with me anymore. So. (laughs) <laughs> Compare the embarrassment, eh? Oh um, yeah, the whole time she's like, "Why didn't you shoot that big one that was right there?" You know, so uh, yeah, it was too easy. Clearly, you had to. Yeah, you know, I, you know, yeah, that one, that one got a hall pass. So, oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's too good. What about uh, what about recent hunts? What what, what have you been up to so far? Like, how was last uh, season for you? So this season, man, it's so th- it's funny. This is the latest I've ever gone in in uh, a year without killing a pig. I haven't killed any pigs yet this year. Um, I've done a couple of tricky hunts. Um, I flubbed. I flubbed a shot, a beautiful shot on a potential like two year rec- two year record book Tom, yeah. and. Uh, I think it was probably 12 yards. He was double beards with. Oh yeah. The the main beard was at least 10 inches long. The second one was six, seven inches long, like just a great Tom. And I shot him in the wing, butt. there's 10 inches of wing feather laying on the ground and nothing else. And uh, so I shot that one. I shot another one. It got nothing but feathers. Been there. I shot a Jake here in California and then uh, went to Michigan for spring turkey in Michigan and uh, called in some nice birds, but didn't get an opportunity to shoot one. Uh, I think the closest one came into 20 and I wasn't, I wasn't going to take it. You know, that's a really small kill zone on a turkey. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a 20 yarder on a, on an out of state bird. It's like had, had good enough time there doing that. Um, <clears throat> so, so far it's been turkey hunting this year. Then deer kicks off this weekend and, the one I'm excited for is I've got that bear hunt next month in August with new mountain outfitters and Jeff Hairston's going a couple other pretty good trad guys are going. Um, that's the one I'm looking forward to is, is that bear hunt. And then I've got a late season deer tag and I think a Michigan deer tag coming up. So got a bunch to do, um, you know, just waiting for it to happen. I take it. The bear is going to be spot in stock. So the bears are going to be tree stands. Okay. Mainly. So Gabe up there, you know, he's on, he's on Instagram, new mountain outfitters. He, I'm so excited for this hunt. And it was kind of funny how it came through. was, I passed up a bear at 15 yards last year that I didn't shoot, but I was seven miles deep in the, in the wilderness. And I, it was hot and, it's going to be spoiled before I get them out. I just didn't shoot them. Yeah. And, uh, but I got all jacked up by it because, you know, I've, I've gotten two in the past. And so that one last year, I got pretty jacked up. And then Jeff and those guys booked that hunt 
and I asked them immediately. I'm like, Hey, do you have room? They're like, no, it's full. A couple months later, I get a text message like, Hey, somebody backed out. Do you want to go? And so I jumped on it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go. And um, so I sent Gabe my deposit and Gabe, man, that guy works so hard for his clients. He, I've done a lot of guided hunts or a lot of outfitted hunts over the years. And man, it's like, I talk to him every week and like, he sends me updates. He's sending me trail cam photos. He's talking about how do you want to hunt? What do you want to hunt? What's your goal? You know, he's catering to exactly what I want to do. Beautiful. And, um, yeah. It's really, 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 really awesome. Like the customer service side of it is really awesome. I'm trying to get him to, to let me build him a bow, but he he's, he's a compound guy for now, but um, I like yeah, that for now and do that. And, and he's got some monsters on cam. And so with his setup, we're able to identify and pattern these bears enough so that we're, we're going to try to tree stand it and we can spot and stalk them if we need to, but we're going to try to tree stand it because we want to film it. Yeah. Right? Okay. And so, so that's the goal on that. So I got five more weeks till that one rolls around. So that's the hunt I'm most excited about right now. That is pretty Excellent. exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's so close. I can't wait. I mean, yeah, like, we good. still got a couple months. What do we have? Two months, dude? Uh, three. Well, two and a half for me. So is that what 30th. You... September 30th. Our, 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 30th? Our... Yeah. I can't okay. wait. I... It's funny because, like, like, we're hitting that part of summer where, like, 4th of July is come and gone. Yeah. And and the next thing we're all looking forward to on the East Coast is pretty much Gitar. And yeah. as soon as the ETAR is over, it's it's that Game on. shift, of, like momentum, things change. And all of a sudden, you're not just assing off in the backyard, you know, shooting whatever. Now, all no, sudden, less than well, normal. Well, yeah, yeah a, little, a little less assing off. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I'm starting to feel that, you know, and get and get excited about it. And I just so, can't wait to. So let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. I watched a video of yours the other day. Mine? That, yeah, that I got kind of excited about talking about how the cold shot challenge is wrapping up. And oh. after guitar, you're going to go to the broadhead challenge. Yes, so, yes. So once it's going to be once a week broadhead challenge on Fridays, I believe, right? That's that's our plan, full draw Friday. I yeah, love it. it. What my wife used to make fun of me: beers, bros, and and bows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, because my buddy <laughs> I used to have happy hour Fridays. We'd just be drinking beer and shooting our bows. Um. So I think Schaefer and I kind of discussed this loosely, but the plan is first off, man, it's hard to come up with shots every day. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, the, the, the Chris two, does the the line share of it these days, and too. it's not fair because he started it, so I got screwed with it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, like our plan is to kind of mellow it out to like one shot a week, and it's yeah. got to be a broadhead shot. And it's got to be like a realistic hunting situation. I don't know. I don't know what year range is. I, I like to keep my hunting shots 15 and in. I haven't taken, I haven't killed anything over 10 yards yet, yeah. but I am. If it's 15 yards or closer, I'm killing it. Um, yeah. I could probably do that with 20, but I just, I like to restrict myself a little bit. Yeah. Plus I like being close to stuff. I think that's so freaking cool. When, when we're talking about deer, I like to get, the game I like to play is I, I hunt and with California being the way it is, I hunt for a particular shot that I want. Okay. Not okay. So much the deer that I want. Right. Yeah. I can, I can agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely and on board so, with that. 
you know, these guys up here that I've got those, I think there's five of them up there. Mm-hmm. All five of those were under 15 yards on the ground. I love Beautiful. that. And, that, and, and that's I've got a bunch out in my shed that are a little bit deeper, but um, I, I like to get as close as possible. Yeah. I like to shoot accurately as far as possible, but you know, I, I shoot all the time. And I, a couple of years ago, I heard Randy cooling talking about accuracy and bow hunting and, and I was up till 2020, I was not that good a shot, right? I was an average shot. Now I'm an above average shot, but I train it. And, um, but I listened to Randy and Randy went on about face walking and having multiple anchors. Yeah. He's full of tricks. And so, so I started doing that. Yeah. And that's when, when I post those videos where I'm shooting these really long shots, Yeah, not that big a deal to me. Cause I have a 50 yard anchor. Yeah. It's point on 50 yards. And yeah. so it's almost I'm like cheating. my main anchor is, you know, three under middle finger here. That's 28 yards. That's 38 yards. And that's 50 yards. And so, you know, what's funny is I was shooting with some barebow guys that are string walking and they saw me do it. They're like, that's effing cheating. And I'm like, bro, you're string walking, you're dude. You're a target <laughs> bow and you're string walking and you're mad that I just banged this shot at 50 yards with a hunting bow, a 620 grain arrow. Yep. You're mad because I went like this. Like, come on. Right. That's and not trad. So, <laughs> you know, right. like, come on man and um, so those are the guys i like to pick on the most i mean you know i i love shooting with barebow guys but i also like to outshoot barebow guys and they just get mad you know i don't it doesn't happen very often but when it does happen they're gonna hear about it you know well naturally nice yeah of course one doesn't make fun of them or simply doesn't make fun of them yeah <laughs> I, I got, I got really there. good I got really good barebow guys in my area, so I can't usually outshoot those folks. Oh no, we we've got some really good barebow guys out here, and you know it happens. We shot we shot the uh, NFAA One Arrow 3D Nationals was here, and the group we had I was shooting longbow, longbow division. Mm-hmm. Jerome was shooting recurve division, and so there we were doing teams, and so there was four two longbow guys, two recurve guys. And then there was four barebow guys on our group. So we had our, our eight pack fucking around. And you know, what's funny, like shooting 40, 40 and 50 yards, they're going to outshoot you all day long. But when we're shooting 15 to 20 yards, it's, they're like, they didn't shoot any better than we did. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, in your wheelhouse. Right. You know? And so, you know, to each his own. Yep. I've, I'm partnered in a bow company that builds hunting bows, you know, and our motto is like, we want to build bows for your adventure. Right. So building custom bows for your adventure is what we want to do. And so if a guy wants to, has a trip planned to Africa and if you can afford to go to Africa, you can afford to order a custom bow. And so let's build you a bow for that trip. Right. And so I have a couple of my built for, we're going in, 2024 we're going so i have a black and white ebony recurve and longbow combo i built and then i have a dangerous game bow that I, that we built um you know and so uncle charlie was gonna go to kodiak let's build a bow for that kodiak trip and so if a guy loves whitetails um you know or a guy loves mule deer it's like let's build a bow for what you love um built a bow for um 
you guys probably know him, uh, used to go by Texas Pass Through, uh, Ryan Barnwell. He guides for Scotty down at top of Texas, built, yeah. him, a, yep. built yep. him a longbow. And we did mule deer for, you know, we put a mule deer on it, put mule deer tracks on it. And so now when he's out there hunting mule deer with his custom bow, right? It's like this bow was built for this thing you're doing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I've got the green gobbler up there. It's a green bow with turkey with a, with an Eastern turkey and turkey tracks on it and stuff. And it's like, that's my turkey bow. And so it makes it fun that you can actually start customizing these bows to what you want to do. Hopefully by now, if people are listening to this, they've gone to the the Buana uh, IG and uh, Instagram account and and looked because they are freaking cool. They are, they're very pretty. We're going to have to make a no boyer uh, pact here soon for this podcast. It's going to go broke. (laughs) No, no, I've stayed strong so far, but it does make things difficult to, but you were looking I was. <laughs> He's got no willpower. It's great. So, that's what's funny. Is- we take the booth out to shoots and guys, you know, it's like the guys come by and they're like, oh, well, you know, man, I love it. You know, we'll take 20, 30 bows out there. Like, oh, man, I love this bow, but I don't have any cash. Oh, you know, Venmo works great. And just, we'll sell bows all the time. <laughs> like, so uh, that's why I always laugh, Schaefer, when you're always out there looking at your stuff and talking about getting roped into that tractor beam or you know they suck you in so he gets I mean, sucked in what's beauty yeah, I mean, is he buys a bow and then yeah. and like three weeks later when he's like oh, i don't like this bow i'm like so how much you want for it right see i don't mind losing a little bit of money for trial because other than like etar it's the only way you can try things yeah yeah so but my future bow is schaefer's current bow <laughs> I probably I probably have six or seven friends that are looking at my prototypes and saying the same thing. <laughs> Dude, there you go. Oh, beautiful. Well, man, we covered a lot tonight. I'm pretty psyched. We covered quite a bit in cool. a little bit over an hour. Is, is there anything we missed that we need to hit on before we wrap this sucker up? And all I would say is, um, you know, our website, I'd like to get out, that out there. It's, Absolutely. Yes, please. It is um, buanabows.com, B-W- ana bows.com yeah um we've got the instagram page which is buona bows on instagram and that page is almost exclusively bow builds and then there's my page which is more of the nonsense right the actual lifestyle and act shooting and- i was about to say i didn't realize they were separate until tonight yeah yeah <laughs> I, I didn't i i thought i was one. following buona and apparently i wasn't i was just following you yeah so <laughs> And what's funny is that really is our the personality difference between Jerome and I, those two pages, right? <laughs> yeah, all business. These are the bows, and I'm all good times, right? So let's let's have fun and shoot and mess around and and go on some hunts. So. Beautiful. Love it. Oh, well, dude, awesome. thank you so much for coming on, man. This is awesome. This is, it was it was great to find because we've been going back and forth for for as long as I can remember last year or so going back and forth on Instagram and stuff. And it's well, finally just having fun, right? Heck just, yeah. It's awesome to finally sit down and BS with you. Yeah. And, you and know, I, I like, I think last year I, I'd never heard of Buana and then you started posting stuff all the time. And it, and now it seems like everywhere I look, I, I hear more and more about you guys and it clearly it's, 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 it's popping off a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, our, our business plan was to, when we set out, we, we were like, we, this is what we want to do with the business. And mm-hmm. we both have corporate jobs, right? So this is our passion project. The The goal is to get 
Jerome's a couple years away from retirement with uh, with his company. And um, so the goal is so that he can retire, build bows full time, and then get to the point where I can retire and, and work at the company full time. Um, so when we wanted to do that, we figured the best thing to do was like, let's impact our local community first. Yep. Right? And then California, then the West, and then now we're moving further and further East. Right. So um, we've got, you know, for guys in Michigan, find Drew. Drew's got one of our bows. Brandon Lilly's got one of our bows in Kentucky. Um, one of Foster Kane's buddies bought a bow. I don't remember who it is, but there's yeah. one in Georgia. Um, Ryan Barnwell's got his in Texas. There's a couple more in Texas. Um, and then there's a bu- bunch of other floating around out there. But if you come to California and you go to a shoot and there's, if you, you're going to, pr- you're going to find a lot of Bonobos in California, right? And so yeah. that's our thing. We've been really focused on doing business here. And, um, you know, now this last year we've been trying to go further East. It's clearly girl. That was part yeah. of the reason of doing the one piece bow is, you know, they're on the Eastern side of things. There's a lot more guys that are into the ASL thing. Yep. And, um, so we wanted to offer a product that would be attractive to those guys. Cause they just wouldn't buy a three piece. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what we did on that. Well, Chris I'm going to be your Northeast representative. Yeah, I want to hit Drew up. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to shoot him a message here, but I, I I would like to hopefully he brings that with him because I'd like to shoot it. They're super smooth, man. I'm going to tell you they they are super smooth. They don't stack very bad. They don't have hand shock. Um, I think Drew's, if I remember right, I think Drew's is 56 or 57 at 28. Okay, right, and they consistently grow two and a half pounds per inch. So even if you're pulling 29 or 30, you can do two and a half pound math and, and break it out. And we've got a bunch of guys. Um, so we should cover real quick. Yeah. We predominantly make 62 inch is, is our standard size. Perfect. We do 64s. We do 60s. We can do 58s. Are the recurves 62 too? What's that? Are the recurves also 62? Recurves and longbows are 62. Okay. It, um, except for my, my, uh, my Kufa is a blim. It's a 61 inch longbow. So that's what it's, uh, Jerome gets mad. Like I always walk around the shop and I'll find a piece of wood. I'm like, Oh, this one's mine. And so that, that one piece Kufa that I have, it's probably 16 or $1,700 bow. And it slipped in the form that when we, so when we blocked it up, it slipped a little bit in the forms. And so for us to make it a working bow, it had to be 61 inches and we can't sell that. And I'm like, yes, score, <laughs> score. So that's mine. And, uh, Did yeah, I purposely glue it up yeah. wrong. Yeah. I just, I'll just take that home. <laughs> so can't throw it away. You know, it's too pretty. Can't do that. Can't Dude. sell it either. Love so. it. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So I really appreciate you guys having me on, letting Heck talk yeah. about the company. Um, you know, talking about hunting is always fun. Um, there's a lot of guys out there that have my phone number, my information, and I just want to throw it out there. If guys are ever interested about uh, learning how to, what we did not cover, if guys are interested in learning how to take steps to hunt in the wilderness, um, do wilderness backpack hunting, um, I've been doing that for 25 years solo, um, some really big trips, reach out to me. I will help you. If you have questions about California, reach out to me. I will help you. 
Um, if you want to talk about a custom build, reach out. I will help you. Nice. Awesome. Uh, so that's for me, that's fun. I love seeing guys go from a brand new shooter to getting a bow and getting out there or, you know, a, uh, what do we want to call them? A, uh, a heritage level shooter <laughs> like, like myself, right? Somebody that's got a little gray in their beard wants to, wants a new bow. You know, we like doing that as well. And, um, you know, we just, we want to help guys and, and help them get better and, and do this thing. And, you know, uh, the guys that I looked up to when I started, they're all start, we're starting to lose those guys. Right. And so it's, it's up to the next generation and to kind of step in and, and take over. And, you know, we've got some really good guys and Brian Colger, um, is awesome. Drew's a little younger, but Drew's going to be one of those guys that really helps out. And, um, uh, you know, I want to be one of those guys that if, if guys need help, I, I want to be able to help them if they want, you know, I submit articles to Compton all the time and other places. I want to write those stories. I want to help guys motivate them and keep this thing that I deeply love, right. Moving forward in the right direction. Heck yeah. Perfect. We're lucky. There's a lot of people that want to do that and are, 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 more than happy to help each other so it's it's awesome it's a good it's a good community we get we're lucky yeah no it's it's we're we're in a good place right heck yeah heck yeah and i think i think the majority of them are as obsessed as we are yeah bad yeah bad in a good way yep dude thank you so much man this has been fun oh thank you i really appreciate it absolutely all right, guys, have fun at etar and i'm looking forward to and i am looking forward to the videos of that Oh and hell yeah! The, and, uh, challenge, and you, you'll have you'll have a full rundown uh, if he brings that bow. I'll, I'll, I'll get I'll let you know. <laughs> All right, let me know. Keep what you posted. Think. Awesome, beautiful. And then send me your specs, and we'll build one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, excellent. All right, fellas. Uh, take it easy, right, man. Thanks. Yep. See you. Bye. Bye. Just wanted to take a quick moment here and thank everybody for listening and a special thanks to our partners, Addictive Archery, Great Northern Quivers, and Safari Tough. Also, if you have a moment, please consider leaving a review. Till next time, thanks for listening to the Broken Arrow Traditional Bowhunting Podcast.